0: A podcast with the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. My name is Bethany Cuthbertson, and I work with the Education Division here at the Fort Worth Museum. Um, And today we are here with Miss LaShawn Spotted Bear. She is the Collections Director of our Science Collection, correct? Yes. Perfect. So, Miss LaShawn, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do currently, what your current position is? Well, I'm fortunate to. oversee the natural history specimens.
1: So anything that you see in jars or taxidermy or skeletons, and it runs from biology to uh, earth. It's basically the life earth science uh, collection of the museum. So we have all kinds of animals. Uh, We also have rocks, minerals, fossils,
0: um, some plant material. So many things, there's so many things in there. Um so Miss LaShawn has actually offices near where I office. And so we get to see the teaching collection a lot of the time, which is really cool because it's kind of open for us to see. Um it's windowed in. So we can see a lot of fun specimen on there. But LaShawn has been with the museum for how long? I've been here for thirty years. Wow. And uh, Does that make you the person who's worked here the longest currently on our staff? Maybe there may be one other person. Okay. But I'm um, I'm up there so so can you tell us how you got started at the museum sure
1: um it was real funny uh i wasn't even planning on working in a museum i was in high school and we went to the library to do some research and when i was looking at books and and other things i noticed that there was a flyer for the museum to be a volunteer and i thought (laughs) that would be great because um Going to the museum when I was younger was like a special treat. We didn't go very often. So um, after I graduated high school that summer, I applied to or sent in my application for volunteer and. Uh, got to take some of the specimens that I, I work with now. I took those out on the floor of the museum and we talked to visitors and did informal, informal talks, um, called discovery carts. And we talked all about different, um, topics from, uh, live animals to wow. the ocean. Um, so just whatever or whatever, uh, exhibit was around and we, uh, had a smaller, um, grouping Mm -hmm. of of specimens or artifacts with it. So I got to do informal talks with the public.
0: Oh, that's fun. Um, So going from interning, where did that lead to like being an intern to being a director of of a science collection. So when I when I volunteered that summer, um, then I started college
1: and I had gotten a call from uh, the lady who I volunteered for, Mm -hmm. and they were doing a new program uh, for college kids and where they were going to do actually public demonstrations. So you would do uh, dry ice, uh, sound demonstration, uh, also live animals, too. Right. And so instead of being on a cart roaming through the museum, they were going to actually have it set in an auditorium. And then we would actually do show times where public could come and sit in the auditorium and we would we would uh, do the informal talks there. So I was with a crew of of uh, college kids. And so I worked there, gosh, I don't know, probably five or six years oh, doing wow. that um, part time. And then we got pulled on to doing uh, during the week, uh, we would do the same thing for school kids. Oh, cool. So we would we do that during the week. And then I just kind of shuffled around to different departments working part time. Mm-hmm. So I worked for education a lot. And then I worked um, for the science department okay. and as their science lab technician. So basically it was learning the collection and then inventorying and labeling things, mm-hmm. um, doing, doing also presentations for uh, museum school and uh then I also worked the Omni. Oh, I was cool. uh <laughs> I was a consoler where you go and you watch the film and make sure everything is is clean, the screen is clean and any kind of uh lighting, you know, whenever the public comes yeah. in. And then I did the projection. So I actually oh, cool. load so up the film and been
0: a little bit of everywhere and, and the and... soundtrack. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's oh, cool. And then after that, then I, I landed a full-time job um in the science department.
0: So, oh awesome. You just kind of Ended up working out that way. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. So do you have a specific thing in the collection that you would consider like your favorite thing currently, or even let's start with current. And then maybe like something that, you know, from the past that was like the favorite thing that you've kind of came upon, come upon or that kind of thing. I think what I
1: like, uh, what I think is so surprising that we have that I was kind of stunned to have. And I'm still amazed is that we have, um, a taxidermy passenger pigeon. Oh, wow. So you know, it's an extinct bird. Yes. Um, and it's just really neat, uh, to see that in person. Cause you, I've read so much about it, you know, how it was back in the day. It would just, uh, there was so many birds around that it would make skies turn dark. is was what people had, had written about. Wow. So when that, an animal that was really popular or common is now,
0: you know, uh, Gone. Gone. Yeah. Wow. Did we eat the passenger pigeons or were they like pets? How did they? They were pests. They, pests. they were kind gotcha. of
1: like what I guess people think of uh, maybe how crows are. You know, people mm-hmm.
0: don't like crows or sometimes sparrows because they're just a lot. But I love a crow. I'm not a big fan of grackles. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. a big fan of those. And uh, Lubbock, uh, it's funny because here everybody really likes prairie dogs. Mm-hmm. And in Lubbock and in other farming communities, prairie dogs are seen as. Um, of, of pests because right. there's so many and they run roads and, and crops and everything. So <laughs> lots of yeah. holes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's cool. Is there anything in the collection that you can think of that in the past that maybe we either deaccessioned or um maybe we don't have anymore for whatever reason that you can think of that was like something that you were like oh that was really cool that we had that now or even if it's just something that we can't bring out on the floor very often because it's so fragile. I think a lot of the I'm
1: trying to think what we don't really bring out a whole lot. Um, I know some, we have a glass sponge and it's really, really delicate and it's Whoa. hard to really, um, you know, it, to, um, it has to be really careful because yeah. if you, you know, you shake it a little, it's Just, not good for it. But yeah, I know I think some of the more delicate things and I think, even some of the taxidermy a lot of people think that they're real sturdy you know like hardy oh, yeah. you know people like always be like oh can i touch the ears or can i pet the toes or or pet the tail you know and they they really are they're very delicate um, mm-hmm. items even though they it could be this big you know huge mountain lion but yeah he's he's very, they're very delicate because mm-hmm. it's just the skin that we're really seeing you know yeah
0: oh that's so cool um what was your favorite job that you had while you were here? Not including obviously your current one. Is there something that you were like, Oh, I sometimes miss doing that because nostalgia or for whatever reason, I
1: think what I really, I knew that I was like, wow, I didn't imagine this happening, but like when we worked on I was able to work on an exhibit, one of my first exhibits, oh, wow. and it was Who Done It? The Science of Solving Crime. Oh fine. And it was I got on the end of it because they were, you know, doing all kinds of research and everything. So but I helped prepare some of the uh uh, drawers you know like mm-hmm. to cut out the little parts for put the specimens in but it was really neat to see how detailed and how much research was involved and other community partners mm-hmm. I think they talked to some like the medical examiner here in Fort Worth he was part of it so I got to meet him and then they talked to um oh gosh um a forensic or a. Uh, uh, artists mm-hmm. um and they worked with a gentleman up in uh, denton who's a forensic scientist too so it was just really see- neat to see how all those uh, professionals would come, come together, together and then try to uh, make the exhibit where it was really uh, just very interesting
0: and and uh, easy for people mm-hmm. to to, talk, to learn about so So you've been here since the... New museum or the old museum and mm-hmm. then the new museum. Yes. It us a little bit about the transition from the old museum to the new museum. Well,
1: it's, it's really neat because, um, even though I worked here for so long, there's some things that I had never seen before, mm-hmm. you know, I've always heard like, oh yeah, we have this specimen here or we've got this. So whenever we had to totally move out of the old building, I got to put my hands on everything. Oh wow! So it was really amazing to see how much, uh, how many, how many items we had in our collection. And then, um, so to find uh, the proper care for that, because mm-hmm. we were in transition. So uh, we moved out and we've moved to a couple of buildings now. Um, not, we don't have everything back in the, mu- the new museum. Yeah. Um, but it's neat to, to kind of design uh, the storage areas mm-hmm. the way you, you'd like to have it and make it more organized. Oh, you, yeah. So. I bet. I bet that's nice. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Not having to work with the, the footprint that you were given, you get to kind of lay it out for yourself.
1: And we did very well in the old building because, I mean, we just kind of
0: had to find space or make room mm-hmm. or, you know, so it you, it's to me, it's that's always something that's interested me is um anytime we would go and either talk to different museums or whatever, because like um previously when I worked at the museum at Texas Tech, no other museum really wants to put their stuff in the basement. Mm-hmm. But because we we're in such a heavy tornado area, they would put our collection is All in the basement. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really want it there because things leak, it goes through the furthest it's going to go. There's a lot of problems with that. And they still, you know, they still work on that kind of stuff. But um, but it's safer there because you don't have anywhere it's going to be stored because of tornadoes. Exactly. Um, so it's really interesting to see like um how creative museums become (laughs) when they don't, when they have to figure out, oh, where are we going to put this. Um, I think my favorite is looking in like house museums when Mm -hmm. they have to figure out how to utilize the space they have. Right. Right. Um, to go in and like, oh, well this room, we can use this stuff from our collection and kind of set up the room to look like that without having to store it anywhere. Mm -hmm. That's always very interesting to me to see. Um, but yeah, so it's funny to see to not, I didn't think about that either coming in, um, because I've only been here three years now, maybe going on four. Um, So for me, this is the old footprint. Right. So (laughs) yeah, it's really funny.
1: Well, you mentioned that collections were in the basement. We were, when I started working in the old building, when I worked in, when I began work, um, Our collections were in the bottom Mm -hmm. level of the museum, and we had one where it was at the end of the hallway, and you needed a special key to get in, Mm -hmm. and it's by the curatorial offices. And then the teaching collections, the ones that we use for museum school or uh, discovery carts, Mm -hmm. they were actually in a door behind the old kids space exhibit. So since my job was to get those specimens out, I would grab the cart and I would roll through the kid's space area and go in the door. And I remember mm-hmm. one day I had to, I had to go grab things and there were so many kids in there that I moved really, really slow <laughs> and got, I got my stuff and then came back out and had this one lady kind of, kind of, you know, walking beside me and her child had hopped onto the bottom of the cart and was oh, riding no. <laughs> when I was leaving the the kid's space area. But
0: yeah, people, it's funny. People do the things that you don't expect them yeah. to do. <laughs> There's like, a oh. lot of that. that <laughs> always happens. There's always some someone who will do something you're not expecting. um So let's see. Gone over your favorite things in the collection. um it's do you choose. I'm sure it is, especially things. once you've gone through mm-hmm. and, and you've been here for so long and mm-hmm. you've seen th- new things come in. Because I think we just got a mountain lion. We did. Didn't mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So like we're. Growing that does not, we don't stay stagnant. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that when you've gone through your collection and I'm sure that you guys, because of how big it is you've gone through and you're having to go through now, I'm sure, especially, um, that you found that kind of surprised you you're like, Oh, I didn't know that we had this or I didn't realize that kind of thing. Before we, um,
1: left the old building, we had gotten a donation of, uh, our transfer of uh, bird and animal skins from uta sometimes mm-hmm. uh, museums will do that sometimes if they think if they don't fit their mission or if they're looking to go in a different direction so it's neat to open those cabinets mm-hmm. um to see what uh, were given to us or what they, what they had collected. So they have a lot of uh, bat specimens, oh, which I, love I think bats. is fa- fascinating. <laughs> um, I think they had researchers do uh, a bat studies there, mm-hmm. but they're, um, so it's, it's kind of neat. That's what I think is, is like, Oh, let me see what's in this drawer or what's in this cabinet. So oh, that's fun.
0: So can you tell the listeners a little bit about um, how we go about when, when we do um, bring something in, mm-hmm. we don't just, take everything can you tell us a little bit about like the process maybe of how at least our museum goes about like if we kind of decide if that's something that we're interested in if somebody wants to donate something or how that kind of how that kind of goes sure i'm always happy to look at
1: anything that people have um you know for identification because um, some people were like what is this what is this if, if i'm able to if not then we uh we'll send them to uh maybe more i uh, recommend other people that that can mm-hmm. help them more um so when they when they want to donate something, we, there's a couple of things is if it can fit in our mission. This because we've mm-hmm. got to kind of have sort of guidelines so that we we kind of stay true to what what's in our collection. If we have space available and if we are able to take care of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it needs a certain climate control or, or lighting or humidity, that's sort yeah. of the main things that we we kind of watch out for the collection. Um so if it does fit our mission and we are able to take it, then we arrange um, them to come up or, or mm-hmm. and then we kind of just discuss in any kind of uh, background about the informa- uh, specimen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need all the details that they can give us, which is um, what this man had had uh, about his mountain, about the mountain lion. Mm-hmm. He had all this documentation, which is great because it goes in our records. And then uh, we'll put assign it a catalog number. Um, they'll sign an accession form that gives basically it's like a deed to gift so it's like Mm -hmm. um, legally ours and then when we have the accession record um, we also uh, assign a number then we also do like condition reporting and so that's basically to see if there's any kind of uh, damage Mm -hmm. or there's anything that we need to watch out for Uh, like if there's like fur or you know they've got a base and it's got like maybe like insect holes in it mm-hmm. like just to watch yeah. it so it doesn't go right into the collection um right away right uh, we kind of let it hang out for quarantine Do like a quarantine period yeah, yeah that way in case it does have something that we can't see um visibly see then our collection is protected so right. it just hangs out with us we just check on it
0: Mm-hmm. And so we do have a little bit of a live collection, a living collection. Do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what animals are in there? So we mostly have animals that
1: uh, support the museum school area and mm-hmm. it ranges from uh, spiders and turtles, a few mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a huge collection, but they go to classrooms so that the kids can can see them. And then I will make a visit to. Um, and take maybe a, a live animal in there to talk
0: about mm-hmm. to the kids. So I did see an opossum this morning. Did you? Yes, <laughs> Ruby. Yes. she she was like just sitting. <laughs> I was not happy that we would walk by and she would be like, no. She's like, it's not about you. Thanks. She's like, it's
1: my time to sleep.
0: It's it's daylight. I don't know why you happy. She was super cute. Um, so I know that I've used some of those in the past. Mm-hmm. I love bringing them out when we can. Um, Cause I, there's some, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't realize that we have a living collection um, that we use for teaching. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between what is our teaching collection and how we decide what goes in the teaching collection versus what is in our like collection that we preserve and care for and mm-hmm. put on display? So we've got, so the ones that are, uh, that I
1: care for here at the museum is our teaching collection. And the one that's off site is our, what we call the permanent, permanent collection. And so there's a lot of duplicates between the both of them, mm-hmm. the ones that are in the permanent collection, they usually have data associated with them. So okay. they've got, um, you know, where they were collected, who collected them, the date. Um, so they have uh, scientific data that could be important to not only us, but researchers, mm-hmm. students, you know, so that's where it's very uh, data, You know, has a lot of data with it. Yeah. The ones that are in the, in the museum right now in the collection, um, we don't know exactly where they've come from, or Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, someone had donated their, uh, seashell collection and it was a collection they had, uh, taken over the years, or maybe they had an uncle who was a science teacher Mm -hmm. and he had some things. And so they don't exactly know where they come from. Um, so that's how they go into our collection, um, I don't like to think of them as consumables because they're yes. they're all, you know, they're all cared for. Um, but if something happens to the teaching collection, then I can like, if something happens to a specimen, I should say, should say, then there's a way that I can repair it to keep mm-hmm. it where we can still use it. So,
0: yeah, I, we've used a lot of the, the, uh, lovely teaching collection. Yeah. I think my favorite, I, I've had a few favorites. I don't know. There's so many, there's always something to see. We've brought out the flamingo before Mm -hmm. and I love, I love the flamingo. Cannot travel with that thing. No, (laughs) He he, he or she, I'm not sure what what the flamingo (laughs) decides it wants to be, but um, I know that we've done some like bird programming Mm -hmm. at the museum with it. Um, I've seen tons of opossums and raccoons and, and pickeries. I know Mm -hmm. that we have a lot of pickeries. Can you tell us a little bit about our, um, the things that we have um because i know that we have like a bald eagle mm-hmm. and we have to have specific licensing to have things that are endangered or Ex- are protected exactly Can you tell us a little bit about that sure so uh what's interesting is that
1: only for the live animals but also our preserved animals we are uh, we have permits for uh, from texas parks mm-hmm. and wildlife so we have state permits and then also uh we are regulated by uh, federal permit. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, for the live animals. We are also uh, uh, have an exhibitors, what they call exhibitors license from the USDA. So there's there's government um, facilities or organizations that we we report to every year. So when we take something in like a. Say like we've got a, a, a gray fox, mm-hmm. uh, we can we have to look on our permits to see if how many is allowed because mm-hmm. there's they have restrictions on that. Um, and if it's something we need, um, then we can take that in, and then we'll do reporting on on it to Parks and Wildlife uh, each year what we've taken in for the year, and then we also can report that to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife as well. The bald eagles um, are an exception. Mm -hmm. as well as our birds. Uh, They are really uh, defined by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife because they're under a special migratory bird permit. Mm -hmm. And then the eagles have their own, so there's also an eagle permit you need Mm -hmm. to have. Even though that they're not living, um, they're preserved, they still are basically on loan to us Mm -hmm. from
0: the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Because that covers anything from an eagle. So eggshells feathers, anything that even that they may just drop. Right. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Even nests. Mm-hmm. A lot of people
1: um, uh, may not know this, but if you have a um, bird nest drop or eggs drop or feathers, you're technically not supposed to have it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have it. Uh, that's just every part of the bird is protected from from their nesting to, their, to actually physical parts of them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about yourself, about the museum? Um, goodness. Because I could keep talking about how we collect things. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. It is. It's pretty
1: fascinating. And we also do some of the work on prepare um, preparing specimens here in-house, too. I know you'll probably see a lot of taxidermy when you come to the museum. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, wonderful artists and taxidermists um, create those, but we do something called flat skin. So it's kind of our version of taking of, of trying to preserve the skin um, and and also where you can like actually physically touch can it and see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that we um, do we preserve the bones as well if we are doing the skin? We can. Uh, some of the
1: bones are left in like the uh, anything with the feet are left mm-hmm. in uh, sometimes people leave the skulls in i've seen skulls uh, taken out um, even the tail bones they they'll come out too so we just basically make a, a fake body mm-hmm. for them uh, but if we were doing skeletal studies we can also preserve the skeleton as well it's Not a little bit so. more tricky
0: yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i bet it is yeah um so do we have somebody that we work with if we're making a mount or uh, of a taxidermy we've got a few
1: uh leads here of uh, the ladies that we used to work with um they've all retired mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting to see uh, that art um, continue on with the younger the generation younger version. yeah um but there's a uh, several places around uh and they also have to see like especially if you want if we wanted to do birds you have to also make sure that they have they have the, their license their, their license as oh, well yeah
0: that's really cool. The whole process of um, community that comes like kind of around just even having certain things. i really that's really interesting. All right. Well, do yeah. you have anything else? <laughs> I like I said, we'll keep talking about collection, but it was really nice talking to you today. Um, and you'll probably hear from LaShawn a lot more. Um, we like to talk to all of our collections team, mostly because they have all the interesting stuff and we can <laughs> always talk about stuff that we find in the collection (laughs) Um, but thanks for joining us and thanks for having me yeah and we'll probably see you soon and thank you for listening and we hope you have a good day bye bye